You're not feeling like yourself anymore. You're not alone. Whether you're concerned about your weight, your energy level, a lack of sex drive, or hormone imbalance, solutions are waiting for you at NAVA Health. With a technology-driven approach, NAVA's medical experts craft custom plans that adapt as you progress, optimizing your health. Start feeling better now at navacenter.com forward slash POD. That's navacenter.com forward slash POD. Or call 855-680-6282. Results may vary. Greetings, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Sage, the Page Poet. That is my signature. And it gives me great pleasure to come to you again on another terrific Tuesday. It is now 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm coming to you live via the internet radio server, which is known as TalkShoe.com. And for those of you who have joined us live via the internet, you can call in to participate. I'm going to provide you with that information now. But I'm going to give you time. Get your pen or your pencil, get your paper or your electronic book, notebook, so you can gather this information, record it, document it, save it, don't lose it. All right. So first things first, if you would like to join us via the chat room, all you need is the internet access to do that. You would visit us on www.talkshoe.com. I repeat, www.talkshoe.com. Once you arrive to the talkshoe.com home page, look for the browse tab. Once you have found it, click on the browse tab. When you have done that, a new page loads up. Once that new page loads up, you're going to look for the search engine bar. When you find the search engine bar, you need to type in this show's ID number. Our show's ID number is a six-digit number. Please write this down. That number is 133193. I repeat, 133193. After you've done that, you will join us online, live, okay? We we come to you live. Yes, join us online, live. You can join us in the chat room. If you're asked for a PIN number, you would simply just type in one and join us as a guest. Yay! We're waiting on you. The chat room is open. I have shared some very key pertinent information in the chat room. You will want to read it. You will want to review it. Also for tonight, let's get started. Okay, I want to get all the preliminaries out of the way. We have a special guest feature artist. He is a writer, a poet, and a published author. He has written an extraordinary self-help 
genre book, which is entitled A Successful Formula. The name is Reginald Murray. Our topic for tonight's show is a book review with published author Reginald Murray to discuss his book, A Successful Formula. If you would like to participate, you need to know our call-in number. Here it is. To participate, call in. That number is 867-292-3066. I repeat, 867-292-3066. And again, you will be asked for the show's ID number. Once you have called in, that number is, it's a six digit number, 133193. I repeat, 133-193. After you have typed that in, you need to type also the pound key. Type in the six digit number and then the pound key. After that, you'll be asked for a pen number. The pen number is not our show's ID number. When you're asked for the pen number, you're gonna press one on the telephone keypad, and then you're gonna press the pound key. And of course, most of you are not a member of TalkShoe, so you're gonna enter as a guest, and that is the way to do so. All right. Okay, for those of you who are joining me in the chat room, hi. There is some good key information in there. I've also shared, you will find a link if you would like to purchase your copy of A Successful Formula. You will find the link is in the chat room to purchase A Successful Formula. You can purchase it on Amazon.com. And I'm gonna share that link one more time. Someone said, please share it again. So I'm gonna share it one more time. And it's there for you, it's available too. Come on, come on, come on, see it. It's right there, don't you miss it. This book is awesome. First and foremost, Reginald Murray is more than just a published author of an exceptional or an extraordinary self-help genre book. He is a poet, he is a writer, and he also is very, very passionate about helping people who can become a success story. Yes. Most of those persons are a lot of the people that have a very low opinion about themselves because of an error, a past mistake, a fault, okay? What we need to recognize in us is that greatness dwells within. A lot of times we're looking at mistakes and defining us according to our failures. Everyone has made a mistake. Everyone has failed. Everyone has 
aired in their lifetime. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. What we need to do is turn around. That means change positions. We need a different perspective or outlook. This self-help book entitled A Successful Formula by published author Reginald Murray helps you and I and others in that regard. Why? Because we need help. Everyone needs help. Even those that you think are successful, they need help. We all need someone to give us advice, to mentor us, to show us how, because at one time or another, we're going to encounter a challenge that we are not well prepared or equipped for. And so that expert is available. That teacher is available. That mentor is available. That senior advisor is available. We need to recognize those helpers that surround us. A lot of us have counselors or helpers that surround us, but we're too self-absorbed to recognize them for who and what they are. So tonight, we're going to help you. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Again, you are now tuned in to episode 299 of The Exceptional Scribble Show on another terrific Tuesday. It is now 8.09 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you need to call in, to participate, here's the call-in number. It's area code 867-292-3066. I repeat, area code 867-292-3066. Our show's ID number is a six-digit number. That number is 133-193. I repeat, 133 193. And when you're asked for a PIN number, you're going to press 1 on the telephone keypad and then press the pound key if you are not a member of TalkShoe and enter the call. As a guest, yes, you're invited. You are invited. We look forward to you calling in and participating now. And for those of you who are on Facebook, you can visit our event page. We always have an event page weekly advertising each show. All you have to do is type in episode two, the number two, the number nine, and the number nine, episode 299. And you will see tonight's show's event page pop up episode 299 and what will it say topic it's going to let you know our topic which is a book review with published author reginald murray yes he's here he's ready i'm about to open the mic so now without any further ado i am turning i am rolling the red carpet this is the way we introduce our guests on this show I am rolling the red carpet 
I am turning the spotlight onto our special guest and feature artist in the building tonight. Without any further ado, I now introduce to all published author, poet, writer, and so much more, Mr. Reginald Murray. Welcome, Reginald. Hey, good evening, friends. Man, that was a nice episode. I mean. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. I want to start off tonight. You've been well introduced. I know that you are looking forward to engaging us. You wrote this awesome treasure. It is a heritage treasure. And it's your self-help genre book, which is entitled A Successful Formula. So we're going to start with, I noticed you have the introduction at the beginning of the book. And you make mention of a few things. Would you like to touch on what the content of that intro or introduction is and why you chose it. I'm gonna start off and just read a little of it first and then we'll have you ad lib and just give a little uh, feedback on that. Okay, thank you. And it reads as follows. Life as we know it can be an unpredictable phenomenon as unexpected as the weather in March, which ironically we're in March, right? <laughs> sometimes, yeah, about that. Yeah, sometimes we go through different phases for different reasons. Life will allow us to experience its ups and downs, its highs and lows, its unexpected turn of events, which is as diversified as the clothes in the clothing store, as well as its stableness. Everything we encounter is for a specific reason. Our life expectancy enables us to stand tall against any adversity or pitfall that may come our way. It's just another way of preparing us to deal with its tough, cruel, harsh, brutal side ment mentally and emotionally. It can bring to the table some tough, imposing questions that are either answerable or unanswerable. It leaves a path for others to follow instead of designing our own courses and to face the many challenges that lie ahead. In short, our lives can be preemptive. So I'm gonna stop right there. And I'm gonna ask if you can just kind of ad lib and, and feed back, give us some feedback on why you chose to open up your book as for the introduction with that paragraph, because that was a full paragraph and a lot is said in there. So if you can just kind of touch on that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring when we get out of that bed in the morning. I mean, we all go different phases for different reasons. And, and you know, it's our learning tree. And, you know, our life expectancy, uh, we have to start tall against any adversity. It's, it's sometimes we go through that. It, it makes us stronger uh, for what lies down the road or what, what we are about to experience. Mm hmm Yeah, that one line really stood out with me. That line where it says it can bring to the table some tough, 
and posing questions that are either answerable or unanswerable. That really stood out with me because that is so true about life. Uh-huh. You know, and and we've got to deal with that. There's going to be some unanswerable questions. There's going to be some tough, imposing questions. I mean, face it, right now, we're dealing with a pandemic as for the coronavirus, right? Yes, you took, you took the words out of my mouth. I was, you yeah. know, Grandma, I was going to elaborate on that. That's right. The coronavirus. Yeah, I mean... We we have to deal with this. I mean, there's some unanswerable questions we have. Um, it's not clear as to, you know, who's more at risk as far as what group. We know that there's been some elderly people um, in different states who have died from this. We know also that there's a lot of people who are being quarantined that don't have any symptoms yet. I mean, you know, it's scary. So we're dealing yes, with, you know, this is tough. This is life, right? Mm-hmm. This is cruel, it's harsh, it's brutal. And it's mentally and emotionally impacting us. I mean, there's a lot of people that are afraid to go outside now. There are people that are wearing masks. I had a girl, um, I, you know, as I mentioned, I do work in the school during the daytime and with the enrichment program, um, in the late afternoon, it goes up till 6 p.m. And I usually, I'm there till 5.30, then I had my other evening uh, gig. But there was a girl today, she bought a mask. And ironically, um, I had today's lesson was on prevention and I chose disease prevention to, spread the, uh, to stop the spreading of communicable diseases. So with her bringing in the mask, and she did wear it for some of her time in class, I was able to touch on what that was for and what that was all about. Some children were looking at her and kind of, some were kind of like worried seeing her with a mask and they didn't have one themselves. And the group that I specifically instruct during that time, they're second graders. So, you know, a lot of times they're trying to figure out why the world is the way it is. So it made for a very good presentation. I was able to incorporate that into the lesson, which was already about stopping or prevention of communicable diseases. But I say that all to say, you know, we're dealing with something we never had to deal with before. I never remember, even with the other viruses that spreaded the flu, people died from the flu in years past. You know, there was the avian flu, the bird flu, um, and then just the flu. So we started finding out that there was these new vaccines, H1N1, um, you know, all of these preventative measures were put into place. And those, of course, from the medical profession to help prevent the spreading of disease or cure us if we, you know, contracted it. But I mean, these are challenges. These are challenges and we're having to face them. And in short, our lives are preemptive. And due to these things, we're realizing how fragile our life really is. 
because not everybody was elderly that became, you know, diseased by that virus. You know, there's some young people, uh, middle-aged people, you know, they're from different age groups, different walks of life. So the best thing we can do, um, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, I touched on how it's important that we wash our hands when we come from outside, inside, why it's important that we sanitize. I noticed the school has um, sanitizer dispensers all over the building, which I thought was excellent. So I incorporated that within the lesson. And we each, you know, I had each child to go use the sanitizer. I had them, especially when I noticed they were touching objects. And um, if they had to sneeze, I showed them the correct way to cough and to sneeze as well, um, you know, and why it's important to do it in that way, in a sterile way, so that you don't spread any viruses. Because you could be sick and not know it. We touched on so much with the lesson, but I was able to send the information home with them and talk with the parents about just having time with them to read over to them and answer a question because, you know, in school you can present it, but at home, that's where they are when they're not in school. And when you have the home reinforcing what's presented in school, then the child is fully enriched. And we want our children to know how to stay alive too. You know, especially during a time when these diseases, they're becoming pandemic. You know, now I think it's every continent just about. Um, I think Italy just issued a state of emergency. Um, a lot of tourism is stopping in some places because of this coronavirus. I just heard that Bernie Sanders canceled a rally because of the um, coronavirus, and he's the first uh, presidential candidate to do that. So, I mean, you know, we've got to... Like your book says, a successful formula covers a lot of territory. And I'm going to read on. This is still the intro of your book, the second paragraph. For instance, scientists and physicists can determine why an apple does fall far from an apple tree. Could it be that the weight of the apple allows it not to fall far from the tree? Or is it just one of the laws of averages? They have been pondering this difficult question for many years. They have unraveled the truth. Some of these truths are you can't change gravity. It falls in a vertical fashion and it's too heavy to land on a flat surface. There are still many other possibilities to explore that only time can eventually reveal. These are just a few examples to back this theory. Another example is why a squirrel can run across a live wire and not get burnt. If you or I were to touch it, that's another story. Or why is it that certain marine animals can live on both land and in the water, while man has to survive on land? What is the purpose of a weed plant that grows haywire around your house backyard or between sidewalk crevices, giving off an ugly appearance? Why do poisonous plants like poison ivy and poison oak have no beneficial effect to man? One small touch of these toxic plants and we will fill its, we 
repercussions for quite some time. Moreover, deer can carry that dreaded lying chick on the skin, but it comes away harmless. But if that same tiny arachnid touches our skin, we shall feel its repercussions possibly to the point of death. Mm. If pushed from a certain height off an object, why does an ordinary house cat always land in the same position? Lastly, why haven't chemists, scientists, and doctors found a cure for the common cold, flu, or headache in the sophisticated day and age of modern medicine? It can be treated, but it's a recurring problem. These are just a few difficult questions to ponder. So I'll stop there, but I like that you draw us in at the beginning of your book, Reg Reginald, you mm -hmm. pose these questions, you pose things that we must consider and, and you do so in a way that's practical, but also it, it raises our thinking to a higher level from just being subjective to being objective. We've got to be more objective and subjective when it's okay or necessary to, but sometimes we're not critical thinkers the way we should or ought to be because we're too subjective and we need to be more objective. And I like that you pose these different questions. It, it draws a, a reader in. For me, it drew me in. And for you to have it in the introduction, I thought was skillful and clever on your part. Was this what you planned or did it just kind of evolve into that? Or was this already your plan to, to have your intro to be well-versed in this manner? I think it was kind of uh, evolved into that because, you know, I thought about it. I've had experiences and, um, you know, as I've grown up, um, I've experienced a lot. I wanted to put this in my intro, the, you know, the, so that my reading audience could, you know, wake up and smell the coffee. And when I, when I, um, we was growing up, my family was in the early 60s. Uh, one of my ministers, like you said, with Life is Fragile, I, I mentioned that. He, he said when, when I was a child, I remember him saying, we're only, all of us, only 18 inches away from death. And I thought about that. Mm-hmm. 18 inches. Wow. That's, Did you first uh, You know, when I was a child growing up, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you further elaborate on that fact? Because I don't think too many of us really consider it as we should. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he, he meant by 18 inches, you're not that far because any anything can happen. I mean, let's say around the house, you can slip and fall, have a freak accident. You, you can hit your head on something accidentally. That, you know, that could be it, you know, or, you know, out in this road rage, you have a lot of people out here. Still, they see red lights, they still going to run it. They see pedestrians crossing. That car, the, the impact of that car, that hits you, that's it. Yeah, I don't think we're thinking on those lines as much as we should or we need to. And why do you think that is so, Reginald? 
Oh, you, while we're, like, you know, what, 18 inches away from death? But did you mean Why we're not thinking a... on those lines? Oh, Yeah, okay. exactly. Why, why is it that we're not thinking on those lines as we ought to and should these days? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some of us think that no harm or, or danger could come to us. And, uh, you know, sometimes we do, we do take things for granted, and we shouldn't because, you know, we was put on this planet um, just to be here a short while, you know, like I said, we are not of this world. We're in this world, but only for, you know, a short duration because, you know, we have our timelines, you know, when it's hopefully time to pass on to a better life. And, you know, we, we could take things for granted. and Sometimes we don't appreciate what we have. And it could just like be a wake up call, you know, bring us like a reality check. Hmm. Good, 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 good. This is reasoning, ladies and gentlemen. For those that are tuning in, this is what you call reasoning. And too often we've resorted as humans to impulsive actions rather than reasoning, deliberating, and contemplating first. We've become too impulsive as humans, and that's not a good thing. Um, We have the ability to reason. That means we can choose. We are not the type of a creature without that having that gift and that ability. And we need to start disciplining ourselves to reason more because I believe the reason why there's so much conflict is because we're not reasoning together. We're not reasoning first. We're not deliberating and contemplating and having this verbal discourse where we consider what the options are that we have. It's not just one option. A lot of times we're not reasoning and so we don't realize that we have options and we resort to doing one when we have several to consider first, to contemplate over and deliberate about and have this verbal discourse on. So what I like about your book, and and it's for a self-help book, your book is well, um, I mean, it's well laid out as for the intro starting there. And I'm going to read some more of the intro and then we'll move on from that into the actual book, the heart of the book itself. Uh, the first chapter, give it your all. All right, so the intro, one more thing it says, I've given you a synopsis of how certain animals, plants, arachnids, and of course, the strong indomitable spirit of man collaborating in this wide open world. I enjoy writing to help others by expressing my perspectives and ideas verbally on paper. I enjoy writing to relieve the drudgery of inactivity. 
It is the asset I use as a fundamental building block to instruct others to live a constructive, optimistic, and meaningful life in sustaining their goal. Very key information there. There are many who are at the bottom of the barrel. They don't need to fill our venom to motivate them at a second chance. That kind of medicine won't work. What will work are patience, prayer, and understanding to rejuvenate them. For instance, many have fallen prey to drugs, very true, uh, that are infiltrating our society. Perhaps one has hit rock bottom while traveling this path. It made a drastic change in his life, but in an unenviable way. There have been other world-renowned authors who were influential in motivating me to write this book. And you named some. Some of them were Norman Vincent Pill, Dale Carnegie, and Dr. Leon Howard Sullivan. Their messages were all inspiring, truthful, and strong. They made an instant impact on me and inspired me to help cure the diseases in this evil society. And we know when you say diseases, you're talking from a social ill perspective. But the real impetus is to enable every reader with a broader and detailed perspective, which will underscore and have a valuable, positive and lasting impression on him and his surroundings. And we know him meaning heart as well. There are a few more notable chapters to study, examine, explore, and take into account for your benefit. Everything we touch base upon should have a lot of significance in obtaining your sort after goals and joy. I love this. What Thank I can you. say from what I have experienced reading the intro itself is very positive. It's full of light. It's inspiring, motivational, and it encourages one to really take time and think about what they're experiencing in their life and to look at it from all sides or angles. You know, sometimes we can be one-sided in our opinion because we're only looking at things in one way, but you're encouraging people to see both sides, to see all angles, see it from all angles, and then to be proactive, not reactive. And I think that's so very key. Would you like to um, share anything else that maybe I didn't hit on that you express in the intro, um, Reggie, before we move on to chapter one. Yes, we, um, our words, our words who are who we are and what we stand for. And I did say patience, prayer, and understanding. You, you got to pray for individuals and have patience because on the spur of the moment, you don't know what they're going through. And sometimes you got to put yourself, it's difficult for a lot of us to admit that, but you got to put yourself in the footsteps to see where, where they're coming from. And the best antidote is prayer. We have to uh, detox our souls by that, meaning using words of encouragement, you know, words that heal. We don't need words that hurt because society, like I said, it's already is, um, has injected his, it's in venomous fight uh in us. But uh the, you know, the best antidote and it still works, the best medicine is prayer. So true. So true. And and thank you because 
what we're finding out technology has its good benefits but it also has a downside and what i have noticed i've seen some dangerous activities i've seen people on their ipads or on their phones walking and not paying attention while they're outside on the street i have seen children do it and literally almost crashed into objects um some almost got hit by cars because they have those buds in their ears and they're listening to music and just oblivious to what's going on around them i really believe that technology has a downside i don't see enough people meditating and praying but i'm seeing everybody's texting everybody's online everybody's live streaming youtubing twittering um doing tweeting everything doing everything that's electronically um based you know uh social media they're on social media but not enough doing a lot not enough are doing spiritual activities such as meditation prayer um studying sacred texts having that moment of silence and meditation where you're just reflecting on a spiritual or sacred text and allowing what you're reading and reflecting on to really minister to your spirit and soul that's the thing that for me i have an issue with when it comes to technology technology is becoming so dominant in today's culture that we are sliding back or back sliding coming away from the spirituality of having our soul having a spirit being more than just a physical creature and that's scary that's scary um and also i'm noticing that everybody's texting rather than talking to each other now like that that um warm bodied warm-blooded personable touch human to human sitting having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with a person now People will prefer to text and text for a whole half hour rather than sit, hold somebody's hand, look them in the eye and talk to them. That's troubling. That's not a positive attribute. I think we really are losing um, some, some, some values and some really key virtues that make us humane or human because we have become so technology driven rather than us driving technology that's what we've got to deal with and fix as we're going into the next century the 22nd century the 21st um we want to go into it more 
not less, humane. We don't want to become so desensitized by technology that we lose favor in what makes us humane. Mm-hmm. You know, hugs. I'm seeing people now doing virtual reality hugging as opposed to the actual hugging. And then, you know, people are saying, oh, the corona, you can't hug. You got to just do the elbow bump. I'm like, no, I'm still hugging. That's fear. I'm not allowing fear to dominate my thinking and dictate to me how I should live. Now, we can still remember, wash your hands, sanitize, but you can still hug. Come on now, we're human. That touch, there's a lot in touch. There's a lot of love that transfers from one to another person. That good energy that we should transfer to each other. So, I mean, there has to be this balance. I understand we have a pandemic, the coronavirus, um, is definitely spreading, and I mean, it's it's lethal. This virus, this disease, is a super one, and we've got to um, educate our young, our old, our middle agers, our millennials, everybody, on how to be safe, because you know you rather be safe than sorry uh, with this disease on the rise, but. One thing I can say your book does, as I mentioned about from the intro to even the first chapter, and we know the first chapter is key. I would tell anyone if you are published, make sure your first chapter is a winner. Because after the intro, after the dedication page, if your first chapter is not going to take us to the next level, you're going to lose your audience. You want That's to start right. big right. and, and stay big, right? So I think you did that. Now you chose give it your all. Can you touch on the first chapter and why um, you came that way? Give it your all. Uh, well, for instance, uh, when we, like a lawyer, it's not easy uh, being a lawyer to grasp the concept. You've got to... Um, Studying it till um, you know you uh, see what they're what um, they want. They grasp the concept to be a certified lawyer because the bar exam is it's you know it's like preparing for a marathon. You prepare like six months in advance. Like when marathon day comes, you know you put all your training and into that one day. You know you you know. You're not worried about the time. You're just worried about crossing from from the start to the finish line. So the same thing with the bar exam. Um, when you you know you you study many many nights, uh, many lonely nights, and sometimes you know they can they can become a little tedious. But the, that day come when you take the bar exam, uh, you gotta you know give it your all. You you're trying to do the best you can because. You know, some people pass on first chance, you know, first time and flying colors. Others have to retake it till they uh, soon get it. It's just like in, in the classroom setting. You always have the super bright student. You know, then you have the average student who got to just maybe plug a little bit harder to see what you mean. 
Right, right, right. And I love how you, you end that first chapter with the following. Give everything, and I'm going to read the paragraph, and then you have a rule with it. Sure. Give everything there is to give within your God-given abilities to make the impossible become possible. Never take your true talents for granted. Rather, take them to the next level. There may be some temporary setbacks, pitfalls, and a few obstacles to hurdle in sustaining your goals. Pick yourself up, dust off your failures, and give things another try. Whatever form of business you desire, there will be some struggles along the way. But it's your learning tree, your gateway to the future. Each of us is unique with our gifts in life, which will help make this world a better place to reside in. We are all blessed with some type of gifts to make our place a much better society than it was perhaps two or three generations ago. Don't give in to self-doubt, negativity, gloomliness, or any other liability that may hinder you from achieving greatness. Because you went to extremes on your first few tries and didn't succeed doesn't mean your world will come to a sudden stop. You will be given a sea of chances to redeem yourself to complete your mission. One goes through different stages of life to enable one to grow and master his profession. Learn from your failures, try exploring new avenues, and in the long run, you will truly see remarkable results. You will be amazed at what's in store for you all this time. And then you have rule one, don't undervalue your talents. They're all you got to give. And I thought that was great to end being the title of that chapter was Give It Your All. Wow, powerful. What a powerful punch. Thank you. What a powerful punch to begin the book. Um, and, and just for those that are tuned in, we are reviewing, the book is entitled A Successful Formula by published author Reginald Murray. And we're talking about his book, which is under, it falls under the genre self-help. This is a winner. This book is definitely a winner. And for anyone that does not own a copy of this book, you can. It is available now on Amazon.com. You can go to Amazon. The book, again, is entitled A Successful Formula by Reginald Murray. Uh, the book, let's see, it has a total of uh, 15, yes, 15 chapters. It, it starts off with a grand introduction and its first chapter one, give, which is chapter one, give it your all. Um, there are a total of 15. The final chapter is push and I love it. I love that you gave the final chapter of your book, the title push. And I'm gonna go there at this time. And it reads to start off one of the most powerful tools we could have going for us is the all-encompassing word, prayer. Prayer can do more than just make drastic changes in one's life. It can do amazing wonders. It can unlock doors to a new way of living. It can unravel things that were never seen or heard of before. 
Even when it seems that we are in a hopeless, bleak situation, prayer can lift us out of an adverse situation. Prayer can convert the non-believer into a believer. That is why it is beneficial and essential to use prayer in every aspect of our lives. Without prayer, you will only see minor improvements in your endeavors. With prayer, you will see drastic improvements in your tasks. Most of the time, we have to push our way to accomplish anything that is meaningful. And prayer is an asset to guide us along our paths to greatness. The acronym I'm using for my title, PUSH, is not about Operation PUSH, which you may be familiar with. It's a different one. I'm using its priceless, economical, timeless, and affordable. It's in widespread use every day. It's in the four corners of this ungodly world. The acronym for it is PRAY until something happens. Always pray until that something wonderful and miraculous experience happens to you. Your prayers are subjective in the first place. They should always be unceasing. Always pray until they are answered. And why don't you do just that? And then you go into what is prayer? I think this is powerful. Then why pray? Um, and then uh, you break down, yes, if God says yes, then we know it's all right with his divine plans. Yes, but wait. If God says those three words, it's because he feels that we're not ready. Then you have no. If he says no, then it's for a specific reason. I like that you put that there. Um, and then you go in, how should we pray? Like you really, it's an instructional, it's like a manual on spirituality in a sense. Because, you know, spirituality um, mandates that prayer is our open communication with the divine. And then you have rule 15, pray, with an exclamation point, pray. There is immeasurable power in it. I love that you chose the word immeasurable. Because for me, I know prayer is why I'm here. I can truly affirm this. It was the spirituality of my mother, her mother. Um, I really know that I am a result of prayer. My mother was praying. She was in hope, expectancy that her prayer would be answered. She wanted to have a daughter. She had sons and she wanted to have a daughter. So for me to learn how she knew prayer is the way to obtain a gift. Prayer is the way, if you want something, you pray and you seek the almighty because you want to have his favor in your life or upon your life. So you always seek him before you make those choices or decisions that are going to be life-changing in your life. Okay, so I just want to commend you on the construct of your book, uh, how you do bring it into your book, The Necessity of Spirituality. Because I think, as I've already said, in this society we now live in, we have 
and do bear witness to how technology drives us. But we're not, due to that, we're not as, we don't place the same emphasis on the spirituality side of life as we once did prior to the digital area where now technology drives us so far away from spirituality in most cases. So with that being said, I'm encouraging everyone tuning in right now. Those of you who have your copy of this book, uh, those of you who will order your copy because now's the time, especially now we're dealing with so many um, things going on right now in today's world. We we have the the coronavirus, not just the coronavirus. We also have other um, crises that are happening in today's world. Um, we're finding out um, that there are those cases where people's security is at risk. You know, as far as your identity goes, identity theft is on the rise. Um, there's been a lot of dangerous uh, house fires, um, house invasions. Um, there's also some lynchings that were not being publicized in the news that we're finding out did take place in some of the Southern states. And we just learned that um, I believe it was Senate that just voted on lynching be being made a federal crime now. And that happened in February of 2020. So we have a lot to overcome as a, a um, race, as far as humanity goes. We have a lot to overcome. So with that being said, I wanna encourage everyone that's tuning in tonight to become a little more assertive about um, your destiny. This is a book, a successful formula is a book that can help you to gain a better perspective about you, your life, how to proceed in life, how to advance forward. Because a lot of times when we have a hard hit in life, we fall down and instead of just praying and, and pulling on spirituality, we start pulling on crutches like drugs, booze, or vodka, alcohol. Um, some of us rage and anger, and then we're lashing out at, at those of us, those in our lives that are our family and supports. Some people turn away from God or turn away from the Messiah, or turn away from help, uh, turn away from the church, turn away from the mosque, the synagogue, whatever your faith face is, you turn from that when you need to run to that. And your family, some people isolate themselves. So we need to think, okay, this book is called A Successful Formula for a Reason. And it's a self-help book as for its genre. Because why we 
needs help. Get that in your head or in your mind right now. I don't care how well you think you're doing. I don't care how strong you believe you are. I don't care how intelligent or intellectually gifted you are. I don't care how beautiful your mind is or how beautiful you are. Do you realize that in this world, in life, you are going to have challenges? You're going to be faced with adversity and it's going to be new to you, something you have not encountered before. And in order for you to encounter these challenges and to face this adversity and when you're going to have to have support. You're gonna to have to call on someone bigger than you. You're gonna to have to call on experts on this level, the physical plane, and then in the spirit, you're gonna to have to have the divine power, okay? And I believe some of us already recognize that, but we weren't acting accordingly okay our actions did not assert such well now it's time to affirm what is the truth we all need help and a self-help book is one that will assist us this book i highly recommend we have the author on the line and i'm going to prepare Everyone now, if you haven't called in, if you're in the chat room, you can type in your questions if you have any questions. For those that have not called in, I want to encourage you to call in. We're live on the air and we have information. Uh, this is the call-in number. Feel free to call in because we need to know. Sometimes we're not succeeding. We're not successful because we don't reach out the help is available to us but we close ourselves off to it don't close yourself off call in tonight here's our number 867-292-3066 i repeat 867-292-3066 when asked for the show's id number that number is a six digit number is 133 one nine three i repeat one three three one nine three when x for a pin number press one when x for a pin number press one that number that pin number is one and then press the pound key thank you for all tuning in feel free to call in so reggie what i'm gonna do now is mm -hmm. i'm gonna send the mic to you and i'm gonna ask you to speak to those out there that you know, because we know they're out there, those out there that you know need help. These are the ones that are struggling. These are the ones that are forsaken. These are the ones, some of them, they have given up. They are literally at the end of their rope. Mm -hmm. If you can speak to them, maybe even if there's a passage from your book, um, share mm -hmm. that um, at this time, but we really want to reach that that audience and let them know not to quit. Okay? The mic yeah. is in your hands. Yeah, Fran, I was going to say, did you want me to recite my poem on the corner? Sure, but we're going to um, reach that group 
first and then we're going yes definitely uh the poem will come next because that was on my mind as well okay Yeah. So if you can, yeah. So if you can speak now to that audience, we have an audience out there. Those that are at the end of their rope, those that are near giving up and quitting. Oh, okay. You can direct your attention to them and speak from your heart of hearts and encourage them in the way that you can to continue on. Right. Yeah, for for those who are just about ready to throw in the towel, put up the white flags, don't, because life is tough. You may feel you're at the bottom of the barrel, but obviously when you hit rock bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, a lot of us have been knocked down, myself included, but you haven't been knocked out. And you get the good out of this. There's something that there's always something better in store for you. You may have to take, choose a, a, a different path, but but it's right there. It's probably right on your doorsteps, and you don't even know it. And lots of times we um, want things that basically we, it's just not meant to be. We can't have, but you don't give up because you know it, it, it's a beautiful life. I'm positive. Life is like I said in that introduction. It's, it's cold, it's, it's harsh, it's cruel, but it's also beautiful. And, you know, one should never give up or give in. Life is what you make it. There's a lot of good out there. And my mom used to tell me that every one bad thing that happened to you is six good things that do. So, you know, that is a staggering number to think about. I mean, you, you know, always remain positive, optimistic. And upbeat. I mean, nothing, nothing comes easy in life. Nothing comes easy. I mean, even for those who want to work out, maybe you know, you know, weight loss, put themselves on a diet regimen. Still, that's not going to happen overnight. Like anything else, you got to work at it. And you know, this is my um, motivational thought from from me to you. And I'll keep you in my prayers. Thank you, Reginald. Awesome, awesome, mm -hmm. awesome. Well, at this time, if you can just share with everyone um, how they can purchase your book, and also for those that would like to correspond with you post tonight's interview, if you can share how they can communicate with you uh, by way of whether it's email, uh, business phone, social media, mm -hmm. uh, you name it. Thank you. Sure. Um, my email address, first of all, if those are interested, is rwm.4812 at gmail.com. And you can order copies of my book uh, through Amazon and, and Barnes and & Nobles. I mean, they have, um, you know, they have um, nice deals and all like that. And it's, it's all, you know, it's available on the website. But um, I know Amazon have a lot of copies of it. And also the publishing company uh, iUniverse that um, iUniverse.com. Mm, thank you, thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. Don't you forget it. That was words of encouragement. 
uh, wise counsel from the one, the only published author, poet, um, Mr. Reginald Murray. And at this time, Reginald Murray has a special treat for us. He will be reciting a poem, which he is the author of. It is an original poem, one that he is the one who wrote it first. And it's entitled Activities on the Corner. And it's also a poem that has won special recognition honors, and it is an award-winning poem. So without any further ado, we are now going to hear the poem Activities on the Corner by published author and poet, Reginald Murray. Thank you. I see graffiti spray painted freely on abandoned houses and commercial buildings and vehicles and idle parking lots and trees and telephone poles and light poles and sidewalks and fences and railway cars and mailboxes and traffic signs and billboards, images of a painter's canvas asking what view, where is it, and what message. Those graffiti artists minding their properties, their dysfunctional painting. Trash everywhere. Did the trash man get my trash today, tomorrow, next week, next month? Perhaps never. As if a permanent strike on hand. Graffiti and trash about the scale, like gin with tonic. Drugs and dope doing business among themselves, smuggling all kinds of drugs and remote communities. Brain on the innocent, circumspect, fearing the foray by undercover cops, feds, and other local authorities like a mob of fans pursuing celebrities. Warlords and rival gangs taking through the streets, gearing up for some good old-fashioned high-profile drama. <laughs> because I'm from the wrong part of the town, and not giving in to your machoism. Exchange of profanities and insulting names, openly and bitterly, like an even exchange on the stock market. Sticks and knives and stones and revolvers. They're weapons of mass destruction. Sticks cracking heads open like an egg. Knives performing major surgeries, stones causing lumps and nasty bruises, guns blowing holes in bodies the size of a ring, causing some to run for cover, some fight until the bitter end, yet others fall, be decked in color crimson, soon becoming a part of the earth. A silent war has begun. I see prostitutes on the street within a quarter mile radius, exposing themselves in the open arousing the passions and desires of passing strangers, selling their bodies for nudity, for sex and money. And at what price? Moreover, teenage lovers having sex in the park when it's dark, behind trees and shrubs and bushes, amid hoodlums, condoms and underwear lying about, resulting in babies being born. Not by choice, but at the hands of parents. The parents turning on them, neglecting them, leaving them on doorsteps and trash cans like a bag of trash. There's no gratitude in their attitude. The bums in the homeless begging for food, clothing, and shelter, forgetting their personal hygiene. Their emaciated bodies running down to nothing. A stench acquaints itself with me. Politicians on the podium giving speeches, speeches of setbacks and broken promises and false hopes, leading the public up a call to sack. Scandals. Allegations, immoral behavior, political blunders, their plurality in one, persistent rumors that cease to die. 
I see civilians off of those halfway hour after work spots. Happy that work day has been ready to wind down, ready to mingle, drinking themselves into inevity and silliness. Religious people spreading the gospel everywhere, pretending to be holy and divine, seeing through their shallowness, trying to convert the mind of the gospel. Are they religious or what? Because one small rub the wrong way, and you'll notice a change in them, a drastic change. Two people at each other's throat over war words. Second one there, this taste five miles away, capturing everyone's attention, turning their snotty noses at each other, walking in opposite directions, pretending neither exists with grudges and hurt feelings and battered egos, not asking who's right or who's wrong, but what's right and what's wrong. Traffic jams and tires creating one big parking lot, one mass hysteria from a distance, the cries of sirens causing the traffic to stop momentarily. For instance, cops apprehending criminals, fire trucks extinguishing fires, ambulances aiding the sick and injured and dying. Moreover to see, Certain neighbors are annoying. The mailman upsetting his stack of mail and his eagerness. Guys gambling, drinking wine, talking trash, girls jumping rooms, playing hopscotch, bickering, window shopping, cars, hijacked and vandalized, houses broken into, sometimes burned and smothering, grocery stores occasionally robbed and looted, and a growing madness around here. Those moral sins of society are against my better judgment. They are those activities on the corner not worth seeing from my window of vision. Mm. Wow, 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 wow. I appreciate how detailed with the colorful descriptive word choice that you use to narrate what the poem testifies of. I think that it was well written and articulated, but it's also good, like someone who was blind, hearing that poem, you are literally painting that picture for them of what the activities on the corner look like. By way of your words the words you chose, how colorful and descriptive the language you use. And I think that's very important. Um, not everybody can identify by way of experience with what you're testifying about. I can, but there are those who have not lived that. They have not seen that on, on the corners where, the, where they're from. So you paint the picture for those who don't know or have never seen it to actually see it. So I definitely commend you highly on how you, you've done that from a literary artist perspective, yes. Um, and I wanna encourage you to, uh, you know, this is a poem definitely for open mics. Uh, when people come up during an open mic, they usually want to share a signature piece, whether it's spoken word art or they read. Um, that's definitely a signature poem as far as written poetry goes for you. And I hope that you would consider doing that poem at other 
um, venues, especially those that have open mics. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Really good one. Now, someone would like to book you to do a book signing for your book, A Successful Formula, how can they do that? Can you share how that can be done at this time? Yeah. Thank um, you. Right. I could uh, leave you my um, email address and also my phone number, too. Is that okay? Okay. That's fine. Yes. Okay. My email address is rwm.4812 at gmail.com. And my phone number is 215-342-2481. Thank you so much. And um, <clears throat> what I want to encourage you to do as well Activities at the corner, that's the way you wrote it is in such a way that could really be a um a play. It really could. Yeah. Um we could that could succeed as a play. And I think it would be also something because of the colorful language and how descriptive and detailed. It could also be a rap. It could be done as a rap. Um, someone could literally rap it, and there could be um, scenes accompanying the rapper, scenes that will reflect what it is that the words are saying. Um, also, it could be a um, like a documentary piece that could incorporate scenes, um, someone reading it like yourself and then actual scenes acted out. I just think it's, it's, it's multifaceted as far as its artistic delivery is concerned. It can be done, you know, it can be on display in various ways more than just, you know, as a poem recitation goes. Um, and I want you to explore its possibilities. You know, don't let anyone put you in a box. Don't be in a box with it. Right. Let it go as far as it can or should go, is what I'm saying. Thank you. You're yeah, welcome. You could, also, right, you could do a film out of this. I know it's a lot of versatility in a poem. You can even do like a musical out of it, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's what, what I'm saying. Basically, you know, explore all of its possibilities. Don't let anyone put it in a box. Because it's definitely right. more than just a poem. Just for, for one way mm -hmm. of, of delivery. It's, it's not meant for that. It's multifaceted. As for its delivery, it can be um done in different ways and and explore them explore them explore them you never know um that's the beauty of art one thing that's the beauty of art you can't put it in a box there's more than one way 
for it to be on display. And as an artist, for us to right, Reginald. You right. You right. You're 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 my mentor, friend. I'm listening to you. <laughs> you open my eyes to a lot. I don't know. Yeah, you know, we got to do that. We got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we don't, when we allow ourselves to put our works or our art into mm-hmm. a box, we limit our successes, and and it's just not fair for us to do that. Yeah, you're right. So, right. Yeah, and Reginald, um, is there anything other, because I know we covered some details, the book has so much, I don't want to give too much away, but I want people to order it and, and experience it for themselves through reading it. So if there's anything, yes, yes, yes. First of all, I want to thank everyone for tuning in, those that are listening. Those who could not call in that joined in the chat room, thank you for joining us in the chat room. Those who have questions, it's not too late. You can still ask your questions. We are here to answer them. Reggie is still with us. Um, For those that want to hear more about the book, now Reggie did share his contact information where you can actually book him. He does do book signings, he will also do book club meets. So you just need to reach out to him. Uh, He does have his email and his business phone for contact. I'm gonna have him share that again now. Go ahead, Reggie. Reggie? Yeah, I'm still here, I'm sorry. Yes, share your um, email and your uh, business phone again for contact. If anyone would like to book you, for book signings or a book meet. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, my email address is com, And my phone number is 215-342-2481. Excellent. And do you have any, um, maybe, are you doing any upcoming events? Do you have any calendar of events that you'd like to share? Anything going on where we can support you? Right, uh, right now, I, you know, I'm pretty much open. If anybody wants to get in contact with me to do a book signing, uh, you know, or any events, I'm open. I don't have nothing uh, planned down the road, but I'm always available. Excellent. Also, um, what other services do you provide? Because I'm sure there's always people in need of writers. Can you share all of what you do as far as any professional services as a writer? Yeah, let me see, there's all kinds of, that's a very good question, Karen. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. We have all kinds of genres of writing. We have horror, fiction, uh, nonfiction, science, uh, fantasy, uh, science fiction, and as I've read from the experts, 
if you if you want to write a novel, like you say, that first chapter or the first paragraph in the introduction is perhaps your most important because right away you want to get your reader hooked on what you're saying. You want to get you know target your reading audience, get his or her attention right off the bat, and you know the uh, um to keep them interested. And also, too, as writers, they're all, like they're always looking for new writers to come about. In other words, the next generation of writers will invent something that that really sticks out like a sore thumb. Okay. All right. Excellent. So, um, you wrote, I believe it was a poem having to do with Christmas, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you like to share about that and then um, talk about the awards? I think it was recognized. Oh, you mean, you, right. You mean the short story award? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Um, that, that's still on the internet. It, it was a real short story. Uh, it, it relates to today's, um, you know, life and all. It's, it's titled. Fish love. It's about this man. He he was married. Um, he had a passion for a very strong passion for fishing. I mean, he loved his wife too, but in some ways, he loved fishing. He put fishing more so than his wife. And he had I, you know, I I um, I want my audience to to go on the internet and read it. Um, he has a, a unique experience, and it's sort of like I said, it was the balancing force in his life. It, it changed him. For the short of it, uh, he came back a different man. I mean, he, he decided to put his wife first before fishing. And this this can happen in life. Sometimes we can have these mysterious, unique experiences that, that, that changes, you know. Like, like that old saying, sometimes uh, too much of anything is no good for you. <laughs> but the story had a plot to it. Okay. Now, um, about your poem, the one I was mentioning about, I believe it was had to do with the winter. It was kind of like maybe a little horror, sci-fi. Okay, um, but it was a poem you wrote about the winter. Something happened to the winter. Yeah, and, and it, it became an audible short story, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. You mean, um, yeah, um, the Enchanted Snow Forest? Was that the Enchanted Snow Forest, that's it. Yeah, that's a short story. Yeah, that's all on the internet. It's it's like a Christmas allegory. Um, uh, yeah, it's, you know, like... Um, I, I tried to write a short like Charles Dickens did with like, you know, A Christmas Carol and also um, Oliver Twist, but yeah, it's all on the internet. And, you know, it's about a little boy, you know, when children first come in the world, uh, they want to experience a lot on their own, you know what I'm saying, and he ventures into a, an unknown enchanted forest, and that strikes his interest. And, you know, he runs into, like, he's in a magical land. He runs into a real-life snowman who comes to life. And they uh, set out to conquer the, the antagonist to save Christmas. 
And right. you know, when he when he returns, he um you know he's a different man. You know, it's like he woke up on a Christmas morning before he opened his present. Okay. Interesting. I love that you you take on with your storytelling. You take mm-hmm. on the dauntless task of showing how the human spirit must overcome the struggle of imperfection. You know, although we have a living soul, which we know that part of us is dying, we struggle in, in our flesh with these uh, these passions that are dark sometimes or just not uh, the best side of us and how we have to we have to overcome that struggle within it's, it's from within it's not the outside it's not what's on the outside of us that defiles us it's, it's what's inside of us. and in our we have these imperfections that we have to address and we have to uh, face. And when we're willing to do that, we can then we can then overcome that struggle we have, that that challenge we have that we're faced with of being less then a lot of times we think so lowly of ourselves when we need to think of ourselves in a higher context. Mm-hmm. When you consider the fact we have a maker who is divine and perfect in wisdom, and if he created us and we are of him, his creation, then we are not. Um, junk, you know, we we contain a, a, a divinity within us that is perfection. But we have to shake off or kind of graduate in our thinking from that imperfection to esteem ourselves as what he sees us as worthy and precious and and good you know our maker sees us as all those things where we have been conditioned in this world to not like what we see and to want to have plastic surgery okay to think that we're not beautiful enough because we're dark or light we're not dark enough whatever um fat we should be skinny. If we're skinny, we should be fat, more thick, more curvy, more this, more that. So we have literally been conditioned to not like ourselves, to not be content, to want and to always seek to have something more than what we have. And that's what limits us, but it also demotes us as far as our morality is concerned because we'll settle and and we'll do whatever we feel is necessary to have or to be or 
to 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 not want something that really it may not be good for us. Maybe we shouldn't have this surgery to make our tummy flatter because it could end up in us having a problem that we didn't have prior because there's always a high risk for infection with certain types of surgeries and things. I mean, we don't always think things through. Sometimes we're impulsive and we just go for what we think is good, not what we know to be good. So it's a risk involved with everything that we do in our life. We have to know that. And we also have to remember that, you know, as Reggie has shared, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, his book entitled A Successful Formula is like a reference guide because sometimes we are sheep and we go astray. And we do what we think rather than what we know is best for us. And when we do what we think is best, there's gonna be repercussions. You know, it's just like that live wire. You know, that bird flies, that bird lands on the live wire, that bird is electrocuted, okay? Um, if we touch live wire, we're gonna die. We're gonna be electrocuted. And if by chance there's a miracle and we live, we're not gonna be the same. We lose, we don't gain. So we need to consider in all we do, where is this going to, to take me? If I do this thing, if I have this thing, if I am this thing, if I win this thing, if I go to this, if I advance forward to doing this, where is this going to lead me to next? What is the final destination gonna be from, he, from that to, to what comes next? And we need to know if it's not going to promote us, it demotes us. If it's not gonna make us better, it makes us lesser. So we need to count the cost and recognize and realize if something is really worthy. Is it worthy? Is it right for me? We need to know. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah, and so your book, actually your book drives me you know, some people say this drives me to drink. <laughs> your book drives yeah. me to think. Your book drives me to think, not to drink. <laughs> right. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> and that's a good thing. <laughs> it drives us to think. Um, and 15 chapters, uh, you say a lot. I mean, it's a lot in this book. It's awesome. Now, what I wanted us to do is pull out from your book different women, because this is um, National Women's History Month. March is National Women's History Month, where women's contributions to society are heralded and, and uh, in the spotlight. 
So what we wanna do is if you can share a couple of women, some key things about women uh, that you used in your book entitled A Successful Formula. And if you can just um, you know mention a couple of them, maybe three of them, one at a time, and we'll just touch on those things that were remarkable or admirable that these women did in honor of National Women's History Month. Yes. Right. Uh, the slave by the name of, of when George Washington was president, he had a black business, and her name was Phoebe Francis. And she was um, actually for one of uh, by the name of uh, Thomas Hickman. Uh, she was he was one of Washington's guards, but there was a plot a conspiracy to kill the president, and she picked up on that. Uh, she she was discernible because um, they had put some poison into uh, Washington's uh, food and all like that. The day he was supposed to die, but. Secretly, she went behind the back and, and told the president, and they um, they had a plan to, to trap him because the day he was supposed to die, um, uh, Hickey, uh, you know, had, uh, took the poison and tea because Washington, you know, loved peas. Actually, they fooled the guy. They um, they circumvented the uh, the Hickey because they threw the peas outside. Washington threw his peas outside the window and they watched the chickens eat it and the chickens roll over and die and for the long and the short of it uh hickey that thomas hickey was uh was uh, tried as you know treason i mean he he was going to murder the president but and his uh, execution was the first ever in the history of the united states Twenty thousand people witnessed him hanging and dying but had it not been for this, uh, you know, as its uh, intelligence, the slave, um, Phoebe uh, Francis, Washington, not Lincoln, might have been the first ever president pass away. And hmm. I just saw last week singer Ashanti. Uh, she was at the Peter Lee Chorus Center. And years ago, like, you know, about people who... Um, like, you know, correctly criticizing. She's, um, she's trying to make a little comeback. I mean, she, I, I, I think she kind of hit rock bottom, but she's on her way up, uh, singer. Right. And she, uh, she appeals to um, this generation, um, the hip-hop generation. And she's, she's very talented. You know? And she's, like I said, she's, she's back on, on the rise again. She, you know, she was dormant for a while, but she, she, she's coming up. I'm the only two I can think of, Fran. Okay. And thanks for sharing. I think you were sharing about, there was one more woman. Um, and thanks for sharing about Phoebe. Ironically, at work today, I came across a book and it was written and it talked about the exact testimonial that you shared and gave on how Phoebe. Um, it was because of her that the president's life was, President Washington's life was saved. And I I didn't know they had written a children's book based on that. And it was um, 
you know, in that animation type um, illustrative art, the storytelling. So it was the words, of course, and then also those pictures. And I thought that was great that they told that story in, in the form of a book for children. So yes, there is a children's book about Phoebe, which sheds light on how she saved the life of President George Washington. So I did want to encourage everyone and, and just to say in short, you know, a lot of times we don't realize those small little deeds or efforts on our part, you know, when we're just being a helper. Um, I'm sure she was just being helpful, right? Something that she, she did was, quite yeah. naturally. She was just looking out for the president. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you never know how those deeds um, may later in, in, in life, you could be honored in a prestige, with a prestigious award for just being helpful. You know, just wanting to help others, just saving a life. And for you, duty called. You know, you don't look at it like I'm, I did something so great or heroic or sheroic. Um, I was just doing what I would hope anyone would do, right? I'm sure that's how that's she right. was thinking. So just to let those do-gooders out there know that what you think is not noticed, it is noticed. And you'll be awarded for that someday. Sometimes we're not always seeing our awards or rewards immediately or imminently, right. but they do come. They do come. And who wouldn't, of thought, I'm sure she wouldn't have thought years later, people would remember her for that, you know, and she would be admired for that, you know, and, you know, it would become a storybook, you know, <laughs> a legend, right? Right. Her story and how she helped save the life of uh, President Washington. So, you know, to encourage anybody out there, the little things mean a lot. I remember that saying being a popular one, that little things mean a lot. Little things do. Little things add up. Pennies add up. Cents add up into dollars and so on and so they on. Do. So they yeah, do. so it's like never underestimate or devalue a good deed because a good deed merits greatness. A lot of times we look at things like, oh, that was just a little something. Oh, don't mention it. Well, to them, they valued it because it was worthy of esteem. And we need to re realize that good deeds are worthy of esteem. They should be highly regarded. And don't feel like, oh, don't mention it. No, mention it because a lot of times we don't hear enough about the good deeds that are being done by people. And we really should. That's what will make things better for all. So I did wanna encourage everyone tonight. That's why I brought Reginald on because I knew his book was a gem and it is a must read. And again, you can purchase your copy today. It is available on amazon.com. His book is entitled A Successful Formula, and it is 
published by iUniverse.com. Um, the book's price, asking price is $17.95. I think it may be a different amount now. Am I correct? Yeah, you Reginald? get a discount. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get a discount. So, um, yeah, if you would like to order it on Kindle, I did want to share that. You can order it on Kindle. It's $3.99. You can also read it with the free app, but you have to go in on Amazon.com and you have to download that app as well. I think you have to become a member as well for a lot of other perks, you know, such as discounts and maybe even free uh, delivery. Okay. So, and just for those that didn't know, the book um, was released on August 3rd, 2012. And I do want to encourage everyone during the springtime, it's good to have good literature, especially new good literature, um, new books to read each year. And around the time such as spring, like this time, the month of March, I want to encourage everyone, if you don't, um, if you haven't already started your in-house library upgrades to start doing it now, there's a lot of really good literature out there this book being one. And again, you can go to amazon.com. The book is entitled A Successful Formula by Reginald Murray. And he is available if you would like to book him to do a book signing or a book club meet uh, with your book club. He will come. He will come bringing copies of the book. Um, I'm going to let him speak now and share with you what to expect if he does a book signing or a book club meet. He hosts his <clears throat> at a book club meet for you. Reginald, the mic is in your hand. What can people expect? Yeah, um, what would you do? Right. The book is very edu- educational and informative. And I also love examples like ideas, how, you know, um, you may actually come up with an idea that could go carry on well in the 21st century and beyond because the point of my argument is I think someone is silly or odd because they come up with an idea, think again, they may not be. Because like they said, it's in God's plan that each, each generation he brings is going to have is about a change. It's, it's, it's a way of making his life better. And a lot of people in the past, the ideas, they thought they were insane, and some of them they want to lock up, you know, due to insanity. But no, they were they were brilliant ideas that transcended well into the future. And and you know, my point is, next time you see someone that doesn't make sense and you think it's odd, think again. And also, like I said about um, detoxing your soul. In other words, you you want to use words that that, that help and heal not hurt and hinder because too many of us when we get frustrated we don't know what to say we just say you just can't say anything to anybody out of your mouth it's it's it's, you know there's a way you can get your point across to others without arousing offense or resentment and um we need that every day because you out here in life you have all walks of people you know and and i think each generation Everybody can learn from everybody out here. 
So true. There's a, um, I'm going to go back to your book. You share okay. in your book page number 64 and 65. Yeah. And I'm going to mm -hmm. read, um, it is about a woman. And I thought it was very um, admirable that you would share it because it was someone that she were college buddies with. Let me see, 64. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Page 64, and I'm going to read it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. About, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Um, one of my friends um, I went to school with, her name was um, Jody Sherman, and she said that um, one of the, um, she was trying to help someone, uh, you know, to get a good education. And she kind of, like, took her, you know, uh, under her wings and, you know, like the you know, like the big sister attitude and all like that, um, you know, to help her get a degree mm -hmm. for the short of it. The lady was now, um, uh, she's, I think she's assistant dean of the college up there. Right. Awesome. Look at that. Just your friend just being a colleague, just being helpful. A lot of times you don't realize being a colleague can make a person or break them. You can be the colleague that makes them or break them. So it does matter. Even as a colleague, it matters. Your words matter the type of servicing that you provide to your colleague matters. Now, always note this, if you are there for them, when they make it, they're going to remember you. And they in turn will be there for you. One good turn deserves another. And that's why that just really stood out to me because, and I'm gonna read some of what you have here because I think it's really significant and sometimes when people hear things, it triggers them to realize, hey, this is what I can do, or this is what can be done. And it reads as follows. Speaking of learning on another venture, I wanted to share this amazing story with you from one of my college buddies, Miss J.S. The reason is because it may be unique, but it is newsworthy and inspirational. And this is what she told me. She attended a very small law school. In her first year, she noticed there was only one black student in the entire school. When she arrived for her second year, she went to use the school's public phone, which was situated near the law school bulletin board. As she was waiting for a call to go through, she started reading a newspaper article tacked on the board. It announced the arrival of a new African-American woman from the South. She had arrived with only $2 in her pocket. Unlike some of the other students from wealthier families who drove in as freshmen with brand new cars given to them by their parents. Sometimes when they graduated, they would receive another new car. Jay didn't have a great deal of money herself. She was one of, her, one of a few students who paid their way entirely by themselves. But as she was reading the article, a black woman suddenly appeared right beside her. She exclaimed, you must be the woman in this article. She assured Jay that she was and Jay introduced herself. The two struck up an interesting conversation. And at the end, Jay said to her, if you need any help, be sure and give me a call. A few days later, she did call and asked for help in writing her first term paper. 
Jay was fortunate to have a good education. She took it very seriously and studied more than anyone she knew. But her new friend didn't have the same opportunities as she. Jay was a humanitarian. She wanted to help in any way, shape, or form possible. Get this. It took them 14 straight hours, 14 straight hours to wade through the first page of her paper. Jay had to show her all the fundamentals and techniques of writing a paper. Furthermore, to say that she felt badly for her would be an understatement. She could not construct a simple sentence. They worked together day after day, week after week, and month after month. She will admit that at the beginning, she never imagined that she would ever get through law school and graduate, but they worked very hard and never gave up. And it did take an incredible amount of dedication and effort, but she persevered. And the weeks turned into months and the months turned into years. When she graduated, Jay was right there to celebrate with her. A few years later, the law school hired her back to become its dean of diversity. She subsequently told Jay that she attributes all of her professional success to her. However, Jay knew better. Her friend is the perfect illustration of this success that one can obtain when he or she sets her mind on a goal, even a lofty one. Goals most certainly are attainable with dedication, ambition, hard work, and perhaps a little good fortune thrown in. Such was the element of surprise in her friend's case. That was just extraordinary. What I loved about it is two women, right? And these mm -hmm. were both women of color. One from the South, and we know if you're a Southerner from the South, your experience in life is a little different than the Northerners would be. Mm -hmm. And um, how they were able, their first conversation, they just connected in such a way, we know that's like a soul thing, where they just connected and they just hit it off right from their very first conversation, struck up. Um, but as women of color, to show how the one is like, you know, let me show you, this is how you write a paper, but how her doing that changed that woman's life forever because now she was able to write a paper she was able to contend and do what it took for her to excel and in law school it required her to be able to write well and she not only wrote well they hired her to come back and be the dean of diversity look at that so again we want to encourage people out there, especially our writers out there, because we know in college, how well you write does determine how successful you will be. And a lot of times people may have barriers because in the South, even as far as language, there's a different form of dialect in the South than up North. So I'm sure she was able, her friend really appreciated her because she was able to let her know this is how you have to write for this type of, um, for what you now are doing in higher ed. And as, as a um, law student, this is the format for writing. And I'm sure that she probably didn't know. It might've been her first time being introduced to it, but because she was already intelligent and listen, 
don't ever think because a person has an accent and they don't have a grasp on the English language because they have not been living in this country as long as you have, or maybe, you know, because where they're from, people speak a different dialect, do not take that as meaning that person is not intellectually adept. Don't do that. That does not in any way, shape, or form determine how intelligent a person is or how intellectually inclined they are. Never be biased in that regard. That is wrong. If you're that way, you are wrong. And that is prejudice to think like that. And I'm just so happy to have shared that story and that you wrote that in your book and shared that with others because women sometimes can be critical of each other, not always each other's support. So to read a story where women are for women and their sisterhood was well and, and, and asserted in such a good way that that was just wonderful as a woman to read and see that in the book so thanks for sharing that we need our stories told as women of color we need our triumphs heralded as well and we need our stories told of how we support each other as well you know so many people are so used to seeing you know they watch tv and how the media shows us always fighting and like cats you know, clawing at each other rather than us being like a ladder or a bridge supporting each other um, and, and moving up. So to see how you allow a positive image of us as women of color to be portrayed in your book, I commend you on doing that and I encourage you to continue even with other writings that are forthcoming because it's not enough men always telling the positive things about us as women of color. Thanks. Thank you. I think you also had shared, it was something in the book about, was it Janet Jackson or Latoya? Something about them? Oh yeah, I think it was Tony Jackson. It was on violence. How uh, mm-hmm. she went to one—I I think it was part of her routine where she went to one of those um night. It was a small nightclub up in, up in Reading, uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, she said, you know, she's really respectful. She doesn't lower, you know, uh, they had all kinds of guys there. She she doesn't lower her standards for anyone and. She stormed out of the room or something. I think because her management had had a misunderstanding, and it led to a, a violent scene because mm. you know the people and the bouncers started fighting and they had to call the cops. You know the bouncers had to you know um, escort people out, and you know that was newsworthy because. Um, uh, she, she was just like she was a lady. She self respect for you. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Now, I'm sure for some people, this is probably new news. Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody knew of this incident that happened. And you said Reading, Pennsylvania? Yes, it happened near March, uh, back in 1995, near the end of March, in Reading, Pennsylvania. Mm hmm. Hmm. It was called Al's Cabaret. It was, you know, uh, a small, you know, like a, a small little bar get together. Yeah. I tell you, we need to hear more of these stories. You know, we are so much of the negative, not enough of the positive, you know, when our celebrities are standing up for what's right and not um, going along with the programming sorts. Meaning if there's something that's going to portray them in a light that's not positive, then they have a right to reject um, such. And for her to make that stand, she's paving the way for the woman that'll come after her in entertainment, you know, even to that same location, letting it be known, look, you know, I'm not going to tolerate that. And I'm sure they're going to think twice before they try to demand something from someone thinking all celebrities are, um, what's the word? Um, um exhib exhibitionists they mm -hmm. they don't mind being exploited that's not true no that's not that's true that's not true for all of them maybe there are some that that fit that but not all of them are exhibitionists and 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 don't mind being exploited some of them do have um you know their more morality code intact still and and they have certain standards where they don't agree to everything so we have to respect all and just know that you know we need to be more conscious we really do we need to be more conscious about how we you know how we perceive others and 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 respect women. I mean, I think that's that's the undercurrent in America. There has been a certain level of disrespect allowed towards women and especially women of color. And I used to hear a lot of people say, "Well, you know, you ever watch BET? You ever watch those videos? You all those women of color? Wait a minute." the producers do we talk about this this is what the producers tell the artists you're going to have to do or you're going to have to have because that's what's going to bring the money in mm -hmm. so who's going to hold these producers accountable the ones at the top that are paying those women to dress in clad mm -hmm apparel who's gonna hold them accountable i think that's the issue the real issue we don't hold them accountable we go right to who we attack who the artists they have to get paid they have to eat they have to pay 
build. They have to fund their families, you know, for the things that the family's needs are. So a lot of times, I think it was 50 Cent, they asked him, did he smoke weed and did he do, he said, no. He said, I just rap about that, but I don't do it. And the reason why I rap about that is because that's what sells, because that's the way they've been programmed. A lot of them, their managers, their producers or whoever of their labels, they tell them, if you don't do this, that, and you don't talk about this, you don't dress like that, like a thug, if you don't do this, then you're not going to sell your product. Your music isn't going to sell. People are not going to listen to your songs on the radio. They're not even going to play them. It's a numbers game. And that's what we got to keep in mind. No, it's not fair. But that's what it is. People are influenced by the numbers. It's a numbers game. And if your song, your rap, your video gets, even on YouTube, a certain number of hits on YouTube, then YouTube is going to be contacting you because now you're making money for YouTube. So this is just the society we live in. I'm not heralding this. I'm not saying this is what works, so do it. I'm not doing that. By no means am I doing that. But I'm just stating the facts. People are influenced by numbers. Producers are the ones we get so angry at the artists and we down talk them and we got to remember they're just like you and me. They're trying to finance their life. And a lot of them, they have bills to pay just like you and me. They have families to feed just like you and me. The difference is they're working for bosses. They have producers and managers over them that demand from them that they go out there and perform because if they don't go out and perform, those managers don't get paid and they want to make sure they get paid. And they know if they go out there and they perform and, well, hey, if this one, if he takes his shirt off, if she... um doesn't wear a bra, if this happens, <laughs> that happens, they gonna, the fans is gonna go wild and they, they, the song is gonna sell if they kiss on the stage or this, that, and the other. So, hey, it's all about numbers at the end of the day and how many people liked it. That's what they go by. And when those producers see those numbers are high, and we had X amount of people liking that song and video because she did that and she shook like that, shook like a fish, she wiggled and jiggled. And cause he tore his shirt off and that's what sold the song. And now the song is high on the charts, billboard, <laughs> the top 10 on the billboard. Then, hey, this is what gets funded and those producers are gonna go for broke and they're gonna fund that because they see this is what people likes, this is what sells. So here's what I'm gonna challenge everybody listening now to do.
I'm going to challenge you to do this, okay? I don't know what your religion is. I'm not asking for that information from you. I don't know what your ethnicity is. I'm not even concerned with that. I don't know what your age is, but this is what I'm going to say. Numbers motivate those that are in high places. Why not take some time? The book is entitled A Successful Formula. You can hashtag it. A Successful Formula, Reginald Murray. Book, A Successful Formula, hashtag, book, buy book, A Successful Formula, Reginald Murray. Hashtag it, I'm doing it now. Buy book, A Successful Formula, buy Reginald Murray, Amazon.com. I didn't put dot because I think that's going to break. Yeah, dot will break the hashtag. When you do that, you can post it on any site, Twitter, it doesn't matter. Um, whatever site you can post it on, but we want to try and get this book in the hands of the masses. Also, the little the information that's available about the book is key. We want people to know what kind of book. It says successful for, a successful formula is a motivational book about making significant strides and major changes in our lives. It provides concrete, specific examples about people, past and present, and their unique life experiences who are influential in shaping our society. It shows how to not use violence as your measuring stick, overcoming unfairness and being consistent in your endeavors. For example, if you hit rock bottom, then it will guide you on how to climb out of your predicaments and get your life back on track. This is the book. I'm recommending that everybody gets it. You don't have to know Reginald to love what he's doing. All you have to do is support him because he's supporting others by way of this book. This book is proven already that it is good medicine for the masses. Let's make sure that this book is available to everyone, anyone, everywhere. And we can do it, people. If we make a buzz on social media, we can do it. Google Analytics will take note of that and they will start even just anytime somebody types in successful, his book will pop up. Because Google will acknowledge a lot of people are saying good things about this book on social media. So Google will help. It's called Google Analytics. So let's influence Google Analytics to also help in the process of this book. Getting sold and the numbers and sales increasing people. We can do this. It's not as hard as you may think.
And I want to encourage you, Reggie, to continue um, what you're doing. I don't know if you have a Facebook page yet or not, but that will help with you promoting your book. Okay? Right. Uh, you definitely should set up a Facebook page. I want to encourage you to do that. To okay. um, share about your book because that's how, you know, what people see. People are influenced by what they see. So that'll encourage others even to support. And it's no better time than to start now during, you know, we're on the onset of springtime. Start, you know, promoting your book sales. So by the time the summer arrives, you're already booked to doing book meets, hosting them, and also uh, book signings, all right? Okay. So stay encouraged, stay inspired. Uh -huh. uh, don't look back, look forward. And encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. Sometimes um, it seems like nobody's really responding as far as the, the, the numbers. You're not seeing the numbers. You're not getting the numbers uh, that you want to see. Don't let that discourage you. Don't right. let it discourage you. Um, a lot of times, that's the way it seems. It's not the way it is. That's the way it seems. Right. Don't go by that. Um, you make yourself available too. You know, when you're somewhere going out and about in your travels, I don't know if you have copies of your book on hand that you can sell if you talk to somebody and they're ready to buy. Okay. Right on, okay. on the street. Do you right. walk around and have a few copies right. with you? Do you do okay. that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something you want to do, okay? Because that will help. You know, you want to make sure that you are getting your book you want it to be visible. And the way to do that is to have copies on hand and also to talk about it when you're encountering people. Let them know I'm a published author. My name is. I have this great self-help book and this is the title. Listen, you don't know who you might be meeting telling that. You might be meeting somebody that, hey, they got a whole lot of pull and influence in the community and in the world. And that could be the open door to get you and your book to be discovered and explored by so many people around the world. So listen, you got to sometime initiate your own uh, progress as well. Don't wait for other people to open the door for you. Yeah, don't, don't do that. A lot of times we are limited and prevented or hindered because we are waiting for others when we have to be the one to initiate, okay? So I do wanna encourage you in that regard. It's not too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. Always encourage it. 
What didn't happen yesterday didn't happen yesterday for a reason. Tomorrow's always a new day. Now you know something more to do than what you did before. Um, and I want to encourage you. There are still bookstores out here that are still thriving. There's one, I don't know, you familiar with Black Noble Bookstore? Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone there and shared I, with them about your book? This, I, huh? I, yes, I, I think I did. It's been a while, but, but you gave me an idea, friend. I, I'm going to get back to them and share my book with them. I'm going to uh, you know, give them more broad copies. Yeah, I would do that, but more than that, I would go there and talk to them, introduce yourself, let them know I am a published author of a self-help book. Um, they do a lot to promote books that are by people of color. Black okay. Noble Bookstore. I know they have a location. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with where their new location is now. Are you? Is it right there, Broad and Airy? I'm getting ready to share it now. It is, no, they moved. They are now okay. at 410 South Street. Okay. Yeah, I know where that's at, 410 South Street. They're at okay. 410 South Street. Also, do you have a pencil? Because I want to give you the number so you can actually call and talk to them. Because they need to have yeah, your book in their store. The right. telephone number yeah, is two one. I'll run down. I'm sorry. Uh, you said what? I I said I will run down there and give them copies of my book. Yeah, I would definitely. Now, this is what you want to do. You definitely want to talk to them, meet with them, and um, give them copies. It's called a consignment and let them know I'm giving you X amount of copies. This is the amount that I want for each cell, and this is the amount that you, and you want them to confirm they agree to that. Okay? okay. Um, um, you don't want to just give them copies of your book. You want to do what's called a consignment. Mm -hmm. Okay. You want to do what's called a consignment. That's business. Where they get right. X amount, and you get a X amount from every book that's sold. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then you want to give the manager a free copy so they can read it themselves. And then you want right. to ask them about hosting a book signing in their store. Okay. Yes. And what okay. that entails. Now they're located, this is the new address, it's 410 South Street, and it's the zip code is 19147. Do you have a pencil to write down? Yeah, I got it. This right is here. Black what and is Noble. It's Black, Black and, and Noble. Noble. Okay. Yes. That's the name, Black and Noble. It's a bookstore. Also, the telephone number. You have something to write it down? Okay, it's 215-965. 965? Yes, 1559. 
Okay, repeat that again. Now, okay, 215-965-1559. Okay, got you. Very important information. Um, yeah, this is going to be a good thing for you because a lot of times people don't know what route to take and they don't have anyone supporting them, which makes it difficult when you don't have anybody supporting you and you're trying to get your book sold. You're trying to get it in the hands of a certain audience. So Black and Noble Bookstore, they are uh, servicing writers and authors such as yourself, people of color, and assisting okay. them with getting books into the hands of the community and also helping them pr to promote sales. Um, you can do book signings there. You can do them indoors or outdoors, especially now that the weather is getting warm. You want to consider doing a signing outdoors right in front of the store. They will allow it. Uh, okay. find, talk to somebody, call them this week and set up a right. meeting with them. Try to get there to meet with their management. And um, of course, you want to give them a complimentary copy one or two copies, you know, to the manager, assistant manager, and then the rest of them, you want to say to them, um, if you're willing to do a consignment, I would make this amount per sale, you would make that amount per each sale of my book, then I can give you these other copies and you can have them available in your store. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And it's always good to call and find out if they already have copies of your book, because a lot of times if Amazon has your book, then some of the bookstores that are locals, they may have it too. So that's something you right. want to check. Mm -hmm. And you can also go to Black and nobel which is n-o-b-e-l dot com okay i think there might be a copy of that um so I, i'm thinking barnes and noble that's what i'm thinking yeah that's different and see the way they spell yeah. noble is b-e-l n-o-b-e-l which is different right but you okay. can go online just to, you know, it's good to go online just to learn a little more about the bookstore itself. You can just go to www.blackandnobel.com. And I encourage anyone that's listening right now who is a published author and writer to do the same. Visit, if you're a person of color, visit www.blackandnobel.com. They are well known to be very accommodating to authors and writers who are people of color or melaninated people. Okay. It will help. Now, Reginald, um, we have talked a lot about details in the book. I don't want to tell everything, right. but there was a particular um, 
stories on page 102. And I'm going to read some of that. I thought it would be good to share. It touches on what we discussed about Latoya Jackson. And it's dated March 27, 1995. There's a popular strip joint up in the hills of Reading, Pennsylvania, called Owl's Diamond Cabaret. On this balmy night, 300 guests came out to have a good time and see a world-renowned entertainer. Latoya Jackson do a strip tease for them. They were yelling at the top of their lungs for her to take her clothes off. What they got was a tease, all right. Latoya didn't take it off at all. The rowdy crowd became distraught, asking for management to refund their money. She left the stage, leaving her audience angry as beer cans, bottles, and fists started flying. Things quieted down quickly, but the crowd remains angry. Backstage, they asked her why she didn't take her clothes off for them. She said, I don't lower my standards for anyone. For her fans, it was a night of teasing, not fun and laughs. I gave you four, okay. Now this is interesting sets. I gave you four separate incidents on a minor and major scale. It ranged from two local nightclub acts to two national racial riots. Hopefully we can all learn from our unique experiences. We should never travel these paths to justify our course of actions. It may be easier said than done for many. Sometimes it's the right thing to do to avoid a senseless conflict. Certainly violence is not the road to take. I've written an oath to stop any kind of domestic violence that you may feel you are uncomfortable with. It is one that should be written on your memory for the rest of your lives. It is one that should be at the top of your priority list for establishing a healthy and harmonious relationship among your peers. You should pass it on to those in need of reforming themselves. It reads, let it be written, let it be said, let it be known that henceforth I do solemnly swear that never again in life, in any way, shape, or form, on any matter, shall I engage in an act of domestic violence that I may feel is redeemable to further justify my cause, just to prove my points valid to others. So help me God. Wow. Reggie, yeah. interesting that you would say in that, swearing that you would have it state, shall I engage in an act of domestic violence? And domestic violence has escalated over the years. It has. I'd like to uh, mention about it, because I know there's so many women and a lot of the victims, a lot of were success stories. People would never have thought that they experienced domestic violence because they didn't seem like the poster girl or poster woman or poster lady for domestic violence. Would you like to share some news on that? Yeah, violence, is, like they say, violence is literally, it's a dead end. Who wants that? I mean, some people come in the world, they live by the sword and they go fast by the sword, but no violence. A lot of people still, when you want to use violence to silence other people, it just doesn't work. It just does not work because it's, it's going to prove nothing down the road. I mean, sometimes violence can get you a, a quick painless death. It could get you an early grave. I mean, 
nobody wants to go before their time. You know what I mean? You don't want to rush your time. And and violence, like I said, paints in crimson red blood, but an ugly blood, an innocent blood spilled for no apparent reason. Yet still a lot of people today don't see it that way. I mean, the homicide rate one year in Philadelphia was like a staggering 400, uh, you know, homicides, gun violence and all. And, and it's growing again in Philadelphia. You know, it's, it's crazy. I You know, elected city officials and politicians, you know, policemen, they're, they're trying to stop it, you know, um, if they can, lower the numbers. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but just to be more specific, in reference to domestic violence, and we know for most cases, domestic violence, for the most part, we're referring to women in relationships with men. What would you like to say on those lines? Because it's not going away. It's not vanishing. Um, it appears, I remember the last high profile case that really shook the nation was the one involving the singer Rihanna and the singer, um, I'm trying to remember his name. Oh my God. Yeah, Chris, Chris Brown. Brown. Yeah. And when that hit the news, the news hit the fan. I mean, the funk was flying and people were amazed and shocked because you had a lot of fans on both sides. A lot of people were fans of Rihanna and a lot of people were fans of Chris Brown. And it was not easy, even in the music arena um to kind of recover from that because people started looking at these figures such as chris brown in a different light and unfortunately the stigma the negative stigma followed him for a long time and i think he literally had to stop making music for a while because it was like he was getting threats then you had a lot of people saying what they were going to do to him and if rihanna was their daughter he wouldn't even be six feet above ground right now. And I mean, it was a lot going on there. And then you later hear some news that, well, it wasn't all what we thought. Um, some things was provoked by her. And I mean, but the, the key word is violence and domestic. So we're talking about people whom happen to have a relationship with each other. It is never okay. I don't care if you don't like something she called you. Guys, come on now. We got to think. Okay? Got to think now. You have daughters out here, right, men? You have daughters or you have sisters, you have mothers, aunts. It is never okay to hit on a woman. You no, can not. walk away. And thank you, Reggie, being a man. Thank you. Thank you for speaking truth on this issue because somebody has been feeling the minds or persuading the minds of certain men to think that if a woman provokes 
them, it's okay to physically harm her. It's okay. It's never warranted or allowed to physically abuse, not even verbally. We have some that think that it's only physically that domestic violence occurs. It is also verbal abuse and emotional. Oh, and yeah. those scars yeah, take forever to heal. The physical may heal after a certain amount of time. The bruise goes away, but it is the emotional and the, the, the psychological scars that run really, really deep. And a lot of times people never fully heal from them. So any man out there that has anger issues, I want to encourage you to get help. If you are struggling and you have anger management issues, get counseling. Don't wait until there's a blowout and one where you do something that you can never live with. Um, it's just been too many incidents now, and I just have to speak out on it. I know it's hit home for every one of us. Um, it's just never okay. Women are never okay who have dealt with this. It's you carry on, you live on, yes, because that's what we do as women. We're resilient. We carry on, but the pain, the memories, the hurt, you never, ever forget it. So I do want to say, men, get the help that you need. Because you know what, women and men, we're here on this planet to get along. We were not put here to, to hate each other to one up one another, always trying to one up the one on the other. Um, that ain't it. It's not even about that. Um, we need each other. And we need to figure out how we can live together. I don't have all the answers. I don't know why such gender strivings <clears throat> are occurring and it seems like it's getting worse and worse and worse but i do know that domestic violence is at an all-time high and there are many children grieving the loss of their mothers because their mother's boyfriends or their mother's exes or their mother's spouses killed them or abuse them in such a way, they, their quality of life is not the same. I mean, there's some injuries that affect us. Brain injuries are one, also spinal injuries. There are women that have been thrown down the steps. There are women who have been kicked and injured and bled internally. Some, unfortunately, they cannot conceive or carry because of their internal injuries. There's been a lot of 
things that have happened to us as women. And we're not always in a safe zone where we can talk about it openly, but I'm opening up the forum tonight and I'm touching it. And it's from a place of compassion. Someone has to cry out and be loud and heard on this issue. It's happening more than not happening. And there's just too many of our women that are in harm's way and jeopardy every day of their life. And some of them are afraid to cry out. Some of them are afraid to escape. They have been threatened. Their children's lives have been threatened. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And we've got to, and, and men, I'm speaking now to men, get help. You're making excuses, but you're not getting help. Some of you become more abusive when you drink. Stop drinking as an escape to not deal with the real issues because it's making it worse. You're blowing up. And the fallout and the magnitude of the fallout is in such a way your sons see it. And now they're confused. They're getting in relationships. They're treating the opposite sex the same way they've seen you do. We've got to fix this. It's not too late. And women get help. Run. Escape. Leave. There's always going to be a place for you, especially if you are not the problem. Someone's always watchful and cares. And they're going to always be there to support you. Never think you are alone. And especially if you have children, get out. Get your children in a safe place. Even if they have to stay with loved ones until you have a secured place of safety for them. Do what you need to do for their welfare state. We've got to touch on domestic violence. This is Women's History Month. Women have been, have fallen prey to this for centuries, for eons. And at one time, the way things were set up, even in this country, women were treated like shadow property. So a woman could be abused in that light you're treated like property, then you can be treated in a worse way. And men got away with doing it. Things are different now. Women's rights are protected now. Legally speaking, women's rights are regarded and respected now. And women are held in a higher regard in society. So what we're trying to do now is just raise awareness that yes, we must demand respect as women. We can't continue to allow ourselves to be treated in a way that's not healthy 
or appropriate because we have girls, we have daughters, we have nieces, we have sisters, aunts, we have women that if we tolerate it, it goes on for another generation. So we've got to stop the cycle of domestic violence. It is a cycle and it's vicious. Um, I do right. want to encourage everyone that can get help to get help. I do want to also encourage the book, A Successful Formula, because it shows women in roles, women of empowerment, which only encourages women to be assertive and strong. And to not allow what they're suffering to be to define their purpose. And I do want to encourage everyone tonight. If you know someone that's in a situation in need of help, help them. There's just too many of our women. And they are not encouraged. They are not aware of just how essential it is for them to overcome the struggles. It is so important. And I want to encourage everyone out there to encourage each other. If you know someone is in a domestic balance situation, listen, help. In whatever way you can, help them. That could be you. A lot of times we don't think like that because we think, oh, I'm strong. Oh, I'm intelligent, I'm brilliant, I'm bright. You know, I have good self-esteem. But a lot of times we don't always assert those great things. You know, how we can be strong and independent. And it's essential to be strong and independent. Even in a relationship, it's essential to be strong and independent because on some level, you're gonna have to stand on your own. You can't lean on your soul mate shoulder all the time or lean on your partner, lifetime partner, your spouse all the time. You're gonna have to stand on your own. And that requires strength of mind, strength and might of spirit. So I wanna encourage everyone tonight, you got a lot to be thankful for. We had Reginald Murray with us, he gave us extended time and we discussed his book, A Successful Formula. It is full of a lot of true stories and accounts and they are all self-empowerment based and they will teach you how to win how to overcome your challenges because we're all going to be faced with adversity and it's going to be a new challenge every day but it's how we 
encounter it that determines our outcome. Let's go for best results, ladies and gentlemen. And again, if you would like to have Reginald Murray do a book signing at your venue or church, ministry, or mosque, synagogue, temple, whatever, um, even at your book club, meetups, um, he's available. Reginald, can you share your contact information one more time? Yeah, that's my email address is rwm.4812 at gmail.com. My phone number is 215-342-2481. Excellent, excellent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, listen, what you got here tonight, you're not gonna get everywhere. This was exceptional. Reginald Murray poured out heart and soul, nothing but good, resourceful information. And he didn't charge you not one copper penny. And what you should take from this experience is pay it forward. All of this wealth of knowledge and information, much of it is enclosed in his book entitled A Successful Formula. Purchase your copy and purchase a copy for a friend. Gift someone with this heritage treasure. It is all about empowerment. I have my copy. I'm so grateful to have my copy. And what I have to do, I thought that I had asked Reginald to sign. I'm going to make sure, Reginald, our next meeting, that I get you to sign the book with a message, a personalized message, because I really love the book. It is a great reference guide. It doesn't matter where you find yourself in the world or in your lifetime. It is a book for all seasons, for all occasions, and for all phases of life. Um, before your success and during it and after it. And I just wanna encourage everyone, again, thank you for those tuning in, those who joined us via live stream, those who called in, those who joined us in the chat room. We didn't have much callers tonight, which is a little different for a Tuesday night, um, but I noticed we've been having a lot of uh, political things going on. A lot of people are, so anxious now and then with the coronavirus everybody's tuning in wanting to find out what's the latest but what i want to say is this the best thing to do is to build up your spirit and your character you got to be strong in these days and times we're in we're living in some perilous times and if you are not equipped emotionally spiritually mentally intellectually and socially established to assert a strong stance against the adversity that will come, you will surely fall. Everyone fails, everyone, everyone goes astray. We are all like sheep, we go astray. But when the guiding light, or there's a guide or a reference to assist you, 
is extended your way. Take full notice of it. This book, A Successful Formula, is that it serves its purpose. It is a guide, a reference guide. You don't have to go far astray. You know, we're going to fall down, we get up. But when you have a guide, a reference guide to help you navigate in life, you do far better and greater than you would without it. So again, the book is entitled A Successful Formula by Reginald Murray. Don't neglect your copy of it today. I wanna thank everyone again for tuning in and encourage all to give someone with that book it is well worth it. Thank you again, Reginald. Thank you. It's always an honor to have you on any show and also just to know you, to have you as a friend and to um, help promote your book because I know it was written as a gift and a blessing to be that in the lives of everyone. And I will definitely do my part to continue to share the book with others and encourage others to um, obtain their copy and also to gift others with a copy. And I look forward to this um, upcoming season, having some events and having you come out to talk about your book as well. I'll be putting the yeah. word out on the street about you and your book. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to interview you tonight. And is there anything else that you might want to share that hasn't already been shared? Yeah, I just say just whatever uh, goals you have or endeavors you do in life, just stay positive, stay focused. And, you know, you'll eventually attain your goals. It's not going to happen overnight, but through hard work, dedication, and perseverance, uh, you'll achieve them. Beautiful. Well said. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to take effort. You're going to have to persevere, but you will reach your goal. So let's make it our goal to excel, to advance, to move ahead, to not get stuck. It's so easy to get stuck when you keep looking backwards. Okay, you can get disillusioned and you can start walking backwards. And that's not what we need. We're at a point in our lifetime where we need to move ahead. We need to move forward. And that means sometimes you have to cut off bad associates or associations. If people are not gonna encourage you to move up and move forward, disassociate from them. If all they want is things that are base and low, then sometimes you're not on the same level. You know, it hurts to think of that, but we gotta think smart. We all have a destination. And maybe sometimes people's frequencies are not high ones, they're low. 
and their vibrations are not good, they're bad. So detach from toxic people, places, and situations. Allow yourself to grow from them, meaning offshoot, okay? You don't have to be it. You were in a struggle, but you don't have to be a struggle. You can be struggle free. We all have those hard places that we go through in our life. And it's to make us better, wiser, stronger, not to destroy us. No way. So I'm encouraging everybody tonight. Um, let's be better. Let's do more. We have young children and people looking up to us, our lives, impact and influence others. And we need to think, how am I impacting the next generation? By the choices, choices choices that I make today. Is this choice that I'm making right now going to influence the next generation in a proactive light? Is it going to be a positive influence on that child? Or it could be your own child. Or is it going to give them a distorted view of us or about a certain group of people? We got to remember, we teach them. They mimic what we teach them. So how dare we say that child is bad? That child learned some inappropriate activities. How did they learn it? From us. Whether we want to admit it or not, they were watching us. So let's change the narrative as adults. Let's do things in a more admirable way. Let's be positive. Remember, and they're watching us, so let's show them there is a different way to respond to certain types of things. You don't have to follow the creed of what you've been taught that was wrong. You can be different. It's okay to be different. And Reginald, what would you like to say about your book? Can you pull something from your book that kind of touches on that? that it's okay to be different and share that with everyone? Yeah. Um, let us, we all, we were all different because we got, our Heavenly Father gave us different personalities and we have to be, uh, work through our differences, but we have to be agreeable about it, not disagreeably. It's okay to disagree, but let's disagree agreeably, not disagreeably. If you know, you I guess you get my meaning. We don't have to become ghettoish, you know, uh talk loud, you know what I'm saying? We can agree we can disagree to agree, but not vehemently. 
Mm-hmm. So we can be civil. We don't yeah. have to be ruthless. Because I don't see things the way you see them. I can still be civil towards you in my interactions. I don't have to be intrusive or abusive because you see things different from the way I see them. You're a Republican, I'm Democrat. You're independent, I'm libertarian. Come on now, we get in these cliques and we change. We allow these cliques to change us and we start becoming antagonistic in our approaches towards each other because I belong to this group, I belong to that group. That has to stop. We're learning to be haters and we're teaching the next generation to be haters too. It's not good. Not at all. So we got to improve the narrative. We got to change our opinion and we got to change the way we engage others. And the next in, the next generation is being influenced today by how we act what we're saying and what we're doing. Let's influence the next generation of thinkers in a positive light by showing them, look, you can love and be civil. Though you disagree with someone, you can disagree agreeably. You don't have to be ruthless, vindictive, and a hater because their point of view it's not the same as yours. We got to do better than that. We've got to do better. Because and right we, now, <laughs> and I've heard a lot of people say this, Fran, share this with uh, well, I, whoever listening. We're self-destructing ourselves. The white men is Blacks are self-destructing ourselves by going around killing each other over petty stuff. I mean, what for? What's your motivation for killing this person? Because they didn't see eye to eye, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. I mean, I heard it was a basketball court. Young 19-year-old was shot. Murdered. There was some sort of exchange of words. I mean, are you serious? What? We know everybody's not going to always agree, but my gosh, what happened to just, okay, push, push. All right, you go your way, I go my way. Um, if this family members boom, disagree boom. among each other, friends, acquaintances, even churches, yeah. you're in God's house. Are you supposed to be conciliatory and compromising in God's house, not causing, or not have a cause or sense of spirit, yet people go in God's house. And disagree it. I mean, so it looks like some of them want to make acts of violence in God's house, but I mean, that, that's the only You know... The sad thing is there has been a lot of shootings in God's house where years ago, you oh, never yeah. heard of that. I'm like, well, what's bringing us to this place where acts of violence are happening in churches where people pray? This is not good, America. This is not good. We got to fix this. We got to change this. The narrative has to change. This has to end. We can't go on into a new millennium or another decade with this violence issue. And the domestic violence is starting in the home base 
okay? This is what's impacting the children because they're losing love. Their, their mothers are dying. And, and it's not making sense to them because they're dying and it's the person that's supposed to be the lover. The boyfriend, the husband, the ex. Well, so we got a lot that needs to be changed. And before we can start talking about how we hate Trump and Trump this and Trump that, we need to stop playing the Trump card. For those that play, what is the game? Was it Rummy, Jim? Need prayer, not criticism. Yeah, we play the Trump card more than Trump. A lot of us are doing more wicked. And it starts at home. We got to change this narrative. That's right. We're not talking, we're not having love spread abroad at home enough. The children are angry and going to school mad. Where are they and coming from? You know, Brad, a lot of children are running away. They, I see signs are posted all out on, on uh, those um, black poles, you know, about missing children because lots of times it, it could be they've been kidnapped but also children run away because you don't know um, how they're raised behind closed doors. You don't know what they're going through. And they, children come in a world that are a lot smarter than you give them credit. That's true. And you know what? I would probably run away too. Some of the I things these children are dealing with. Mm-hmm. And not just the children run away. You know, the animals is running away. Because they mistreat <laughs> these animals. They torture them. Yeah, they're being mistreated too. I mean, I've seen some signs. I mean, some good looking gambling cats and dogs and stuff. And I'm like, hey, then look, they got tired of the crap too. Animals they're got smart animals. Mm-hmm. They're not ignorant either. So we got to start loving each other, number one, and 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 being being each other's advocate because we know we're up against a lot of negative forces in society today. Um, I think we need to women and men need to to bury the hatchet too. There's a lot of gender strife that attributes to a lot of the violence. So we got to start loving each other more. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. That song is real talk. It's the only thing that there's much too little of. If we can start loving each other better and more, um, Reginald, your book, is an answer to that. Yes, a lot of times, it's the literature, it's what we read. It's, it's, it's impacting us. And a lot of times we're not reading the right books. Reginald's book again is entitled A Successful Formula, ladies and gentlemen. We thank you for tuning in. We're gonna close out. It is that hour. We had a wonderful, wonderful, interview session with Reginald. Thank you, Reginald, for being willing to stay on extended time. Um, I do want to say you're very welcome. And I do want to say again, it was a pleasure and so many key 
points and references were made that I'm sure were helpful to any and everybody that was really listening with an attentive ear and soulfully speaking to want to know, well, how can I fix what's broken my life? And I'm sure they have the answers now. And that book, again, I wanna encourage everyone, don't just buy a copy for yourself, pay it forward, gift someone else with a copy of the book. It is worth it. Again, the book is entitled A Successful Formula. You can go to www.amazon.com. The book is entitled A Successful Formula. The author is Reginald Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, Reginald Murray. Thank you, everyone. And let's encourage each other. It's about encouraging one another and not giving up. We can be as Thank good you. and as we can be better. Amen. All we have to do is start going in the path that leads to that. And, and that means we have to leave those other paths, you know, that are not the path. Well, peace and blessings again. Thanks, Reginald. Peace and blessings to everyone tuning in and we will have an enjoyable evening moving forward thank you reginald thank you to all thank you and um join us again next week we're going to have an awesome another awesome terrific tuesday on next tuesday i will be um sharing with everyone at that time what we have to look forward to we will have a special guest at that time, and um, I'll be sharing, of course, the event page on Facebook as early as this Thursday. And tune in, everyone. You won't want to miss it. It's a surprise for now. Thank you for all who tuned in tonight and continue to spread the word. The Exceptional Scribble Show comes to you live via the internet radio server, Talk Shoe. Dot com. Every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we always have an exclusive interview hour from 8 till 9. And then our co-host, Warriorist Queens of Port Thelman, joins us as lead facilitator for the free publishing tips hour from 9 till 10 p.m. And then from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m., we have what's called the empowerment hour. It is an open mic. For those who are indie or independent artists, call in, share your work, get a positive and fair critique from experts on the panel who are experienced literary artists and published authors. Test your work out on us. And for those who are singers and rappers, you are welcome to do the same. We are here to help you. We are a resource for you. Any needs that you may have, feel free to inquire of us and we will share with you what we have to offer to you. All the best to you on your journey ahead. Peace and blessings to all.